Hey, welcome back again to the Stadium Journey Podcast. Thanks for joining us tonight. Uh, check out our website when it's running, stadiumjourney.com. Mm-hmm. We are the world leader in sports information for the sports traveler. We have reviews of over 2,500 stadiums worldwide on our site. And we are more than just an awesome website. You can connect with us on our social media channels. Follow us at Stadium Journey. If you're looking for versions, old episodes of the podcast, we got lots of them. We've been doing this for five seasons now. You can find those podcasts by picking up your phone, search HIAC Talk Radio Network, wherever you look for your favorite podcasts, and we'll be there. Video simulcasts, if you're with us right now, you're watching the video, maybe you're listening to audio, but if you're looking for the video simulcasts, find those on Stadium Journey's YouTube page. And our classic back catalog of episodes can still be found at vocnation.com. And if you want to be part of the live studio audience, we record live every other Tuesday night at 7 Eastern at danlaw.tv. And let me take a second and introduce the gang. That's what us PA announcers like to do. I go around and just announce people's names for random. Dave Cotney is here. Follow him online at ProFan9. Mark Viquez is with us. You can find him at Ballpark Hunter. The other guy, Dan Calachico, is here. You can follow him at danlaw83. While he can do things like wave and drink a soda at the same time. Mm. And I am Paul Baker. You can follow me at Puckman RI. So tonight, the calendar says it's still March. Uh, up here in the Northeast, it feels like March. It was 30 degrees. It was 20 degrees when I went out for work this morning. This weekend is the final four. So we're going to try to be timely with our topic. And we're going to talk about the many and varied gymnasiums of NCAA basketball. Uh, one of the great things about March Madness is that, to me, is that teams that play in these multi-million dollar palaces, they compete with teams that play in century-old gymnasiums with wooden bleachers and everybody in between. So it runs the whole gamut. So uh, let's see. At the last count, I believe there are 358 Division One basketball teams. We're going to talk about every single one of them. No, we're not. We can't possibly do that. No, we're not. <laughs> Now, I think between the panel, we've probably covered about a hundred. So we're around a third of all of them. So we'll we'll give it a good run tonight. So, Dave, I think you're leader, our leader in the clubhouse as far as most gyms visited, right? You said you're number 46. 46? Yeah, I got 23. I passed you this year, Mark. Yes. I'm at 26. Oh, wow. And I think we all have very little overlap in what we visited. So that'll, that'll help us blanket well, a third of the country anyway. Yeah, my, my visits, I've got all the New England gyms covered, plus Colgate and Cal Baptist. Go figure that one out. So uh, shall we talk about some of the places we've been, some of the places we like? Mark, you are always extolling the virtues of the KFC Yum Center. Yeah. yeah I mean, oh, no. Would you call that one of, the, one of the better places to go catch a college basketball game? I, You know what? When... I have been to enough basketball arenas to say, hey, this feels like a college arena. And the KFC Yum Center is a wonderful place to see basketball. 25,000, 22,000, I think, it's seats for basketball, which is insane. But that is, that's a major league arena. That is something that an NBA team can slide in there and I don't think would have to change that much. Uh, but with that being said, I mean, when Louisville is playing well and when the team is hot, the fans come out and they show a lot of support. So you get that college feeling in a major league uh, downtown uh, arena. It's a wonderful place. Great food, great drinks, easy to get to, uh, conveniently located. 
uh, a great fan base. I've been there about three, four times. And, um, you know, when I went there this year, it wasn't a, it was uh they were retiring a jersey. I forget the gentleman's name. Number two. I can't think of it. So Derek, Kajita. number two, Derek Kajita. <laughs> no, uh, so uh, I, I know uh, Todd's probably listening to this. I apologize. He's a, U, a Louisville alum. So it's it's a great arena. I love it. I, I love going down there. I always have a great time. But when I think of college venues, I'm thinking of uh, Cameron Indoor. I'm thinking of Butler. I'm thinking of Penn, uh, the, the Palestra. So it, it just depends. I, I think it kind of uh, it, it's it's sort of like Indianapolis. It's a nice big city with a small town feel, kind of like Louisville too, and and kind of like the KFC Yum Center. Yeah, I I totally. I, this is. You were saying how we didn't have much crossover. Well, this is some crossover. <laughs> this is crossover. <laughs> this is some crossover. Yeah, totally. I think he totally hit it right there. It's it's not a it's not a college venue. It's a, no. it's a pro venue, right? Um, yeah. It's all seats, right? No benches. Uh, it's uh, it's not on campus. No. It's not owned by the university, right? It's it's a city owned, right? It's so uh, the city of Louisville is treating the Louisville Cardinals, like their protein, right? Yeah, forget, forget so. the Kentucky Colonels because they ain't coming back. So this is it, and we're all in. And um, I, I, I think you're right. They wouldn't have to change a lot except for mm, the lease because, oh, yeah. uh, because as it was built, it was built, and, and Louisville has certain privileges and. I believe they have the right of first refusal on just about everything. So was know, it built were, for the school and the Cardinals? Oh, sort of, but it's a, I mean, it's a city, it's a city venue. Um, yeah. Now I, I was surprised to hear, and I think, I think Mark, you did this review that there's another team, another D one team that's now playing in freedom hall. Yeah. But and I always thought of freedom hall as a call, as a college venue, as a, as a campus venue. But I was talking to, uh, a friend of mine who actually was a student at Louisville, and, and she's like, "Nope, it's it, it it's was a, way out there." Oh, yeah. I thought it was on it, campus as well. It's not no, a well, campus venue. So. It's closer. It's closer to the Louisville campus. I th- that was built on their State Fair Expo site, and I think the it was designed to have equestrian championships. And then they said, "Hey, nineteen thousand people will watch basketball here, so let's stick a court." Uh, in it, it just tells you how much how much love uh, the Cardinal program has. Uh, you go from a nineteen thousand build seat building to a twenty two thousand seat building. Uh, it, it's 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 amazing. And then uh, yeah, Freedom Hall. I was able to do KFC Yum and, and first time Freedom Hall was ever reviewed on this uh, on this website. And that place brings back a lot of memories for people that grew up either as fans or or. Uh, students final fours were played there it's uh, truly one of those iconic uh, basketball venues is it historic and amazing like maybe some other ones we've been to i don't know but if you grew up going to see basketball in louisville that was your place for basketball that's where the stars were that's where memories were made so you know it's great that it's still being used uh it looks like it i think they updated it in 1984 1985 it kind of has that feel to it and uh, it's truly it's an interesting little place to it's an interesting big place to watch basketball and the knights you know if if they were not making that transition 
to the higher level of uh, basketball, they would have qualified for the tournament this year. So you, you got a winning right, program. Right. You got, yeah, right. you, yeah, they won their comp. They won, they won the, the tournament. Oh, what the that almost called? happened uh, to a couple teams last year too. I know yeah. uh, two years ago, Merrimack almost won the Northeast Conference, and last what was it last year? No, two years ago before the pandemic. So Merrimack was three years ago, yeah, can, and Cal Baptist also almost won the West Coast Conference. They set a record for most wins in the season. Yeah, and I, yeah. before we jump, I don't off think it was else, the West Coast Conference because well, whatever, won whatever that, conference they're in, Zaga the, forever. It starts with a W. I don't know what it is. <laughs> the WAC. The West, it, West are they in the WAC? The WAC. Yeah. It's last on our on our page anyway. Whatever it is, mm. um, I want to stay in this vein. Like you would, you touched on something that really hit me: the difference hey, between, say, a city venue off campus and an on campus venue. I'm thinking of the University of Connecticut because that's yeah. one I can. I've visited both. They play on campus. They play in this wonderful old Gamble Arena, which is right there on campus and seats about eleven thousand. In, in a space that probably is meant for about 6,000. It's one of those cozy places where you've got seats tucked into every corner and you've got UConn history and honored numbers and championship banners from the men and the women nice. just crammed into every square inch and there's no concourse. There's one little walkway halfway around where they've jammed a few you know, portable carts for concessions and some of the concessions are stuck in corners of the building. It's cramped. It's loud. It's I've been there when it's full. It's crazy energetic, and it's a great place to catch a game. And then they also play their bigger games, their marquee games, in downtown Hartford, which is actually about 25 miles away from campus. Now, I can't really say that the XL Center is a lousy place to see a game because I've been there once for basketball. Now, it's a lousy place to catch a game. I've been there for about 100 hockey games, hmm. and it's not – the best place. Whaler fans suck it. it. Your venue is not good. But when I went there for a basketball game, Dave, and you happened to be there at the same one. I think we. I was talked just about saying, like you were talking about how we had like no crossover. Yeah. Well, this is yeah. good that we have crossover. I think it makes the conversation a little. But yeah, yeah, lively. We there, I think they played Louisville actually. Uh, they oh, played Memphis. More crossover. Oh, all right, close. They played Memphis, and the with guy with their... the short shorts. The yeah, tight, tight oh, short, the, yeah. the bicycle shorts. But anyway, the place <laughs> was sold out, and what an incredible atmosphere! I have, yeah. I had only seen the XL Center full like that once before, and that was for an American Idol concert. Um, but yeah, it's it's a different feel. It's a different crowd. It's not packed with students. It's packed with local fans. So what a, what a different feel. I I think um, I think that's a great example, and I think it sort of peels back. Uh, one of the greatest, to me, the greatest, one of the greatest college basketball stories there is, and that is the whole backstory behind the Big East. And the Big East, if you haven't seen the the Requiem for the Big East, it's a it's an amazing thirty for thirty. Um, Dana O'Neill has a, a history of the Big East book that was just released, and it's fantastic. Uh, but it's I part of what's interesting about it is it's it's almost mirroring um, the rise of college basketball with the rise of ESPN because the biggest and ESPN are are, are totally intertwined. Both started around 1980, give or take a year or two. Yeah, the Big East. 79. The Big East was um, was the first real coup like programming that they got and yep. 
before, you know, college basketball in the Northeast was a bit of a, there was a big gap, right? At one point, college basketball was all about um, Madison Square Garden and the NIT and mm. gambling and point shaving and all this nasty stuff Good where stuff. you had teams like, you know, Man- Manhattan, which is now like a teeny weeny little, you know, it's in the same conference as St. Peter's. It was a power. Uh, City College, City College of New York was a big power. I think they're like Division Three now. Um, But yeah, they these are all schools that were immensely popular, immensely strong, and they, you know, through shenanigans, basically lost their spot. And then there was this big hole. And Dave Gavitt came in, who was he was the head coach at at Providence. Providence. Oh, I think he was the AD. Was he I was going to say was he was he also the AD at the time? I'm not sure, but he had this vision to reintroduce basketball to the Northeast because it had become, you know, it had become a Carolinas, Kansas, Kentucky kind of Indiana. thing. Indiana. Yeah, Indiana. Um, <laughs> and part of his vision was. Getting those games out of the the, the dusty little on out of places gyms. like Alumni Hall in Providence, out of uh, play, Gamble wasn't even a thing back then. I think UConn played like a place called Memorial Hall, if I'm not mistaken. Mm. If our buddy Eddie Hoops is listening, he'll correct me for sure. Yeah, right now. you know, out of out of Queens into into Madison Square Garden, into the Providence Civic Center, into the Hartford Civic Center, into the Cap Center. Um, right. into these big arenas. And he picked schools in all the big cities up and down the Eastern Corridor. Yep, yep. And he got everyone, I, Philly, New York, Boston, Washington, and then some of the other ones in between. And another big part of that was getting these players who grew up in New York City or grew up on the streets in Philly or whatever to stay home. Uh you know, is there a better example than than Chris Mullen? Like Chris Mullen was was a New York guy, and he was recruited by everybody. You know, Dean Smith, and uh, you know, go to Carolina, go to Kansas, whatever. And he's he was like, you know what? I want to stay home. I'm a New York City kid. I want to stay home. And he went to St. John's. You know, at the same time, Ed Pickney uh, was a New York guy. They played they played against each other. He ended up going to Villanova and playing in Patrick the Patrick Ewing stayed in the conference. They got all yep. the big recruits. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Patrick, I never knew this. Patrick Ewing was a Boston guy. He was a Boston kid. Yeah. But John That's Thompson so recruited him. <laughs> but yeah, that those, it, 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 it really changed the way college basketball was looked and, and the rivalries became huge. Right. And, and they were able to keep coaches for a really long time. And these schools like kind of took on the the personalities of the coach, right? Oh, so sure it wasn't. Did. I mean, it was it was Syracuse and Georgetown, but really it was Bayheim and Thompson, or and it was Carnesecca and Massimino, or whoever. And uh, a wonderful, wonderful um, story behind that. Yeah, and the Big East looks a lot different now, but. The, the blueprint has remained, and I think a lot of other conferences have copied it for better, for worse, or with varying degrees of success. Well, isn't it saying something 
that um, – because the Big East fell apart because of football, essentially, right. Right? right? Like they had recruited all these other teams. That, like they had went and got Miami um, and, and then – and there was like a the, split between the football schools like yeah. Syracuse and yep. Miami and Boston College Rutgers. and yes. then uh, the small basketball, usually, you know, the private schools like Providence and um, St. Georgetown and, and Georgetown. Yeah. Yeah. And they didn't, you know, they didn't want to be run by football. So like the football schools left and, you know, the schools that were left, you know, the Georgetowns and Villanovas and St. John's and them. Uh, recreated a new conference, a basketball-focused conference. But doesn't it say a lot that a school like UConn will bail on their football conference and say, you know what, we're gonna play, we're gonna play independent football because we want to play in the Big East. Well, a lot of that has to say about says a lot about Connecticut's football program. <laughs> well, that's true too. <laughs> that's true too. But I, I think that. I mean, that's one of the great things about college basketball is you just have these myriad of experiences. And it's more than just, you know, little gyms and, and big arenas. I mean, Purdue is an on-campus facility. Uh, it, it's, it's tight and tiny and there's benches and it's loud and crazy. Um, Syracuse is an on-campus facility. That's nothing like that. Right. Yeah. You you have you have those kind you have those then you you compare it to like a Cameron or or go down to you know smaller arenas like uh, what you would find in the MAC or like I I saw a game I saw games at Niagara and Canisius that hold like two thousand three thousand mm -hmm. people uh, we saw a game in in Vermont it, it's a oh, gym with yeah. wooden bleachers man they're fun. Oh, shoulder yeah, to shoulder with, with 4,000 Vermonters <laughs> in the middle of winter. Nowhere to put your coat. So, yeah. Nope. Nope. No, that's like uh, like we're Fort Wayne. I, what's it? Uh, Purdue Fort Wayne. They used to play on campus in this little gym. Uh, that's at about 2,000, uh, maybe a little over two. And now they're playing a lot of their games off campus at the Memorial Coliseum that seats about 12,000 where the hockey team plays. And they rope a lot of the sections off because it's just such a mammoth place to play. So you have these curtains at both ends. And it just feels like a ghost town when you see a game there. And it's almost like, okay, I know you want to kind of play off campus. If IU was in town, yes, you would sell that out. But unless a big team is coming in like Michigan, Purdue, IU, go back on campus because I had a lot more fun on campus with the student section and taking pictures and, yep. and just getting the vibe. So, you know, the smaller is sometimes a little bit better. You, you just made me think of, uh, you know, this is a little school from a small conference, but it's the same kind of thing. Um, Fairfield University out of uh, Fairfield, Connecticut. They play their yep. home games in Bridgeport at, well, it's now called Total Mortgage Arena. It used oh, to be Jesus. Webster Bank Arena, which seats 7,000, 8,000. Um, they draw maybe a thousand for their games there when they have a, one of those great, like you're talking about, Mark, one of those great old school, uh, gyms on campus. And I think they've moved a couple games there per year now, but they'd be so much better served 
packing a, a small gym and getting the atmosphere and the students there. The students aren't going to go, go from Fairfield to Bridgeport, even though it's only about 10 miles. Sienna's you, like that, too. Yeah. Um, yeah, Sienna plays in, at the in, Times in Albany, Center. They play yeah. at whatever well, that it's place is. It's MVP Arena now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Actually, you know what, Mark? You brought up probably, I mean, outside of Syracuse, which is, is just totally unique on its own because they it's actually play – they play in a football it's stadium, a dome. Yeah. Yep. which is crazy, um, but it's my favorite spot because <laughs> you got 35,000 people there. Oh, yeah. They, and they get them, yeah. rock it out. Uh, but past that, I think the most unique spot is one that you just brought up at uh, Assembly. Uh, oh, uh, yeah. Assembly Hall at uh, at Indiana. Oh, Bloomington. Yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. What a what a unique ve- venue that is. Yes, and if you talk to anybody from IU, it's the greatest basketball gym on the planet or, or arena because uh, I never met an obnoxious, I've never, have never met, I've never not met an obnoxious IU fan. Uh, but yeah, Dave, once again, another arena that we both went to. This was designed <laughs> about 50 years ago. It was built, if you look at it from the outside, it looks like the main branch library in your town. Uh, it is not built like any other basketball arena I've ever seen. It just has like this sloping seats that go all the way up into the hemisphere. And then your court line, your sideline, uh, end line seats are very small. There's not a lot of room there. Now they've recently updated it that I think have brought it up to the 21st century and added a lot of those IU traditions and history. But yeah, I agree with you. It's a very unique place. A lot of the college venues in Indiana and even over in Ohio, uh, are truly some some interesting places to see games, and they attract people. Whether it's Purdue, IU, Dayton, uh, Butler, Notre Dame, fans go out there. But yeah, getting back to IU, what what was your take on that? You, you know what? I, and I, this kind of just came to me. You know what? Uh, Assembly Hall reminds me of. It's like it's like two theaters. Yeah, that are opposite of each other, and the court is the stage, right? It's a, it's. It's almost built more like a theater than it is than a than an arena or a basketball court or anything like that. But you know, in a in a normal theater where with a stage, you would have only seats on one side. But it's like let's build two theaters, and from the top, it looks weird. It looks like a ninja star or something, a bow tie. Or yeah, no, no, you're right. I think it was. I think they wanted it to look like a theater. They wanted it to really feel like a very elegant place to see basketball. Uh, if you look at Purdue and University of Illinois and Notre Dame, they have sort of like a dome construction, and they all mm-hmm. fairly look alike. Uh, I know they've had renovations yep. to all of them, but for the most part, they're very similar looking. Yeah, Illinois is like that the 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 UFO. Yes, that, that it's a, like it's from a great place too. Mystery yeah. Science Theater way back in the day or whatever. A little little frisbee. Uh, yeah, it's kind of a funky place too. Um, you know, you know which one surprised me. Um, I thought it was going to be like amazing. Uh, you know, talk about about you know arrogant fans or whatever. Um, and again, obnoxious. Totally, totally thought it was on campus. It's absolutely not. Is uh, Rupp Arena, Kentucky? Yeah, it's that's on campus. It's either. attached to the convention center. It's a it's a city. It's a city arena. I told I would have totally thought it's on campus, but nope. And it's, it is, you know, as a kid, I, I, 
was not a very creative person. So, you know, when, when the Lego came out, I could build you a damn good box. That's about <laughs> it. Or I could have built you a damn good Rupp Arena because it's a box. <laughs> so, yeah, let's see. I'm trying to think of some of the – I really can't step much outside of New England. I'll tell you about Cal Baptist. I'm going to get on a little little spiel about them. We actually were going on a trip to Los Angeles, or Ontario more specifically, for an AHL All-Star game. Flew in on a Friday. I'm like, you know what? We need something to do on this Friday night here. Hey, here's a stadium. Here's a basketball gym that we need to cover for Stadium Journey. Why not? Well, let's go. And we were expecting, if you've ever traveled that part of the country, you know, a lot of those gyms are very, <coughs> excuse me, very basic. Like if you look at UC Riverside and, and those, they're, they're really nothing fancy about them. Our, our buddy Andre Ojeda could probably attest to that. So we went to this school just elevated up to division one so we weren't expecting anything but i'm like i'm gonna take one for the team i'm gonna go check out this place three thousand miles away from my house just to give me something to do we got there what a beautiful place this was it was all bright new and shiny the cal baptist campus is all very southwest looking so they built it from the exterior it fits all right in it's got the nice patio and it's had tables you can kind of hang out on a patio had the big statue of the uh, they're called the lancers so this knight on his steed right in front. And I we went in to this brand new place that seats about 5,000. So they made it the right size for their school. They didn't make it too big. They didn't make it too little. And it was packed. They were playing Kansas City that night. And uh, it's one of those, you go up, it has the concourse going circling on the top. You can see the court from all spots. Um, the, the school was so excited about being elevated to Division One, they didn't have the students sitting on one end. The students took up one entire side of, of the arena. So it was a really nice place. The only other place I've been to right outside of New England is Colgate, which is kind of the opposite. That's uh, How old is that one? That's got to be at least 50 years old. One of those old little Quonset hut, some bleachers on either side, and throw a basketball out and let's go to it. And places like that have it's, have their own charm as well. Yeah, I mean, I've I've done quite a few little ones. Funny enough, um, you know, you did Cal Baptist, which is in Riverside, and I did UC Riverside <laughs> in Riverside. Um, yeah, I, I guess it, it kind of just shows me. Uh, Maybe a product of the time. UC Riverside was probably built in the 70s or 80s. It was It was really, UC Riverside was a gym. It was, yeah. Yeah. It was what I would expect to find up here. Yeah. Um, you know, you, you know, gym class kicking around on on Friday or whatever. It was it was a big empty gym, uh, you know, movable bleachers. Really, really nothing spectacular. Uh, I I do have trouble grading some of these because often when I get to go, um, at least in the past, it's been it's been over like Christmas break. Mm -hmm. Campus has been empty, so you know. Student section, no, there's no students. No. It's it's empty. Um, I mean that one was a that one was was pretty gym like. Uh, one of my faves actually is just a little one uh, is Oakland, in um, Detroit, in Michigan. Yeah, it uh, in Rochester, Michigan. It's called the the uh, Arena. The Arena. The Arena. Um, just a, a a little thing. 
but really good support. They blow the roof off the place um, from an aesthetics point of view. You know, why bother having, you know, a bare wall? Like, like let's put a mural of something on there. I mean, we had guys who played, you know, at whatever time, whenever. Uh, and, and that's that's fun, too, is going through some of those murals and pictures and whatnot and, and learning um, about about who who played there. Uh, when, when Christmas trip I did was to, uh, Jacksonville, I went to university Jackson or Jacksonville university, um, and saw a game at, uh, Swisher historic Swisher gymnasium, not to be confused. With They're the, all historic. Mistake, mistake historic for old. No, this yeah. is a dump. Okay. I, I, I didn't know anything about Jacksonville, but, uh, you know, I learned, um, you know, artist Gilmore uh, took them to the final four. They lost to one of the wooden UCLA teams. And I was like, wow, I, I mean, I hardly even knew that we, that Jacksonville had a, a, a team, a school, whatever. But yeah, uh, one of my faves around here, um, <coughs> Detroit Mercy, Callahan Hall. It, it's kind of in the, you know, in the vein of, uh, like a palestra, like like that kind of venue, old Ooh. old venue, wooden seats. Um, to me, it's a it's a it's a an I wish venue. Like I wish there was a ton of people in here because it would just rock. Uh, Terry Durard from the eighty Celtics went went to Detroit Mercy. Yeah, and was he coached by? Yeah, baby himself, Dick Vitale. I think, I think he was about that timeline. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's and that's it. The like, I, I don't know, Detroit Mercy. I don't know anything about them, but hey, their court's named after Dick Vitale. Uh, say Bonaventure. I didn't know anything about them, but their court's named after Bob Lanier. You know, and that's yeah. That sometimes that's where the fun is, right? You're on campus. You get to, to take in some history from the school that maybe you don't yeah. really know anything about, and uh, yeah. I, yeah. I like that. And, and I would say, speaking of history, uh, the Palestra has probably the most detailed and graphic historical photos and, and just readings and murals on that uh, in that gym of theirs. If that's a historic gym. Anybody who's anybody has played basketball there from the high school to the pro level. And the walls are just decorated with history. It's stripping with so much history. Uh, men, women, coaches, you know, Catholic high school games, uh, the Ivy League, the historic games against Princeton. It's all there. I mean, you could actually just go there, walk around the halls and not even see a game and be entertained because it's, it's that detailed uh, with uh, information. And when I was there, it was like, wow, this is incredible. And, you know, not every gym can do that, but, you know, every school can have banners. Every school can not, you know, honor their past. But I think the ones that do it on a very grand level, it's noticeable for uh, for a lot of us. Well, and, the, and you know, another venue that, that we don't have. Oh, wait. Yes, we do have crossover because I've been to the Palestra. <laughs> our, yes. our 100 total is looking more like 75. <laughs> oh, you got to go to the Palestra. <laughs> Um, but I'd it's it, it's it's bigger than like it's on the it's on the campus of 
Pennsylvania uh, University, um, but it's bigger than it's bigger than Penn. It's bigger than the Penn Quakers. It's yes, it's the Philadelphia Big Five, right? It's where Villanova will play LaSalle. Uh, it's where St. Joe's will play uh, that team that I'm forgetting. Drexel. <laughs> <laughs> no, Drexel, no, Drexel St. Joe's, St. Joe's, yeah, St. Villanova, Villanova, Penn, Villanova, and LaSalle. What's the other one? It's not Drexel. Drexel's the evil step. Drex- Drexel's, yeah, yeah the, the step kid. Um, no offense, I love my step kids. Um, I thought you said five. Villanova, yeah. Penn, Villanova, Penn, St. Joe's, St. Joe's, LaSalle, LaSalle. Yeah, I thought we said Finn. Temple. Temple. Didn't say temple. Temple. Yeah, I said Temple. I said Temple and nobody. I said Temple and nobody. I said Temple. You said Temple? I didn't a, hear you yes, that. I said temple. <laughs> temple. Hey, folks, this is the first on the podcast. Dan was too quiet to hear. <laughs> I know, man. I was enjoying. I was just listening to you guys go. I just <laughs> sat here. But and I'm like, yeah, it's do, do, I just, do. Bo, 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 I had trouble taking it. Shut up, Mark. <laughs> Philadelphia frame uh, of mind. Yeah, there's a, there's there's lots of there's lots of, of history in the palestra, and it's and it's so old school. I remember going to try and buy some some swag, some pen swag, and unfortunately, it was the end of the season, so. There wasn't a lot of swag. No. Yeah. And, uh, I was and talking to the lady it, it, that was working there. I was looking in this like, like, how do you get in here? Right. There's no door. Oh, she, she says, oh, she pulls out this little step ladder. Yeah. <laughs> oh, she has to climb in. Climbs over the counter. And, you, like, that's yes, how and you it, has been, it hasn't been changed since 1929. Yeah. And s- some of those rooms, like I had a, I was there in the press room where they serve the food. And that looked like uh, an old business room from the 1920s where yeah. it just it had the decor and the, uh, the paneling. It, but you love looking at those type of things, you know, because, you know, when I go to, uh, you know, when you go to some old historic gyms, they've been renovated so much that you don't really feel anything. You they know? lose their character. They yeah. lose their character. Because I remember going to Butler at Hinkle Fieldhouse, uh, another historic uh, building from the 20s. And it's still there. It's the charm is still there, but there's uh, there's history. There's a lot of history there. But I mean, I I I think uh, the pleasure beats them with uh, their. I don't know. Do you mean I it's guess. it's, it's kind of like being like the oldest arena in 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 the world and putting on uh putting in it a, 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 a ginormously massively yeah. huge video board. Oh, yeah. you're talking who, about Matthews Arena. Who would Boston? do that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Matthews Arena is the oldest arena yeah. still in use uh, continuously in the world. Uh, it's been in use since 1914. The Bruins wow. started there. The Carolina Hurricanes started Whalers, there. Whalers, yeah, Whalers. The Celtics played there. Um, excuse me, all all of the Beanpot schools have played there at one time or another. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Northeastern basketball also plays there. And it, they don't draw well for basketball, although I have been there for a sellout basketball crowd when they hosted Michigan State one time, who was ranked number one at the time. And what an experience that was. Seeing That's always fun. It banged out. I've seen it banged out for hockey, and I've seen it banged out for basketball. Um, but usually, yeah, usually you, you can spread out and get a whole section of yourself at Matthews Arena. But, yeah, this 
hundred-plus-year-old arena that just, like you said, oozes. They don't really display their history there, but the place is just so old and yeah. classic. It just you can feel it. History. It doesn't it, have to tell it. you. Right. Yeah, exactly. It acts like it's been there before. Um, and they installed a few years back this giant video board that stretches the entire length of the court almost. At least yeah, from it, uh, free throw line to free throw line. It's gaudy. And it, mm. yeah, it's gaudy. It looks so out of place. I actually at Matthews, I like I like the concourse. The concourse is have this old like this old theater kind of feel. It's an entry, them. it's an entry plaza. Oh. It's not a concourse. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It it's carpeted and it's got like the old old lighting it, it it feels like an old kind of maybe not like a, a theater theater maybe an old movie theater or something like that um yeah different a, a totally different feel to it but i don't know that yeah i don't i don't like that i don't like that they had done that um but it's yeah like you said a good word for it is jarring because it so, just doesn't belong there how it explain this to me and, and we've said this a few times so like you said uh they got a full house at Matthews for Michigan State, right? Yep. And I'm guessing it was a pretty terrible game. Um, yeah, Northeastern, Northeastern is a quality mid-major sometimes. Um, they hung in for a little bit. I think they ended up losing by about 20, 25 that day. But it was, it was national TV. It was like a 12 o'clock noon game. And it was, it was a big deal because Michigan State brought their hockey and their basketball teams over. So you got to do the basketball at noon and the hockey at seven. Oh, that'd be so, fun. And I actually got credentials for both of them. So it was a great day for me. And there's a lot of great places around Northeastern to go get a couple of drinks in between games. You know what I'm saying? Um, so yeah, it was a great day and yeah, the game wasn't so much, but the students didn't care. It was the, it was the event more so than the game itself. So, so what would be, um, what would be our, our like? Our, do we just all have chalk for like our, our college basketball bucket list? Like, are you guys kind of you know, Dean Dome, Cameron? I, I'd, I'd like to see a game in Cameron. Yeah, I've yeah, heard the Dean fun. Dome is disappointing. It's huge. I like. I've been there, but like, just on campus and and outside, yeah. it's like. It's like kind of like Joe Louis Arena from the outside. Like it's just, yeah. it was built in in the eighties, early eighties, right? It? So, yeah, it's, it's just it. It doesn't have like all of those those aesthetic things that we right. think about now. Like there's no glass or anything like that. You you're not looking. That at was it. a very eighties way to build an arena. Yeah, no. Square outside light, no connection to the outside world. It was 82. You know, yeah, big, big box. It broke around. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, before we get into the bucket list, so I want to mention one more place that I've been to that is we were talking historic places that just ooze time. Um, if you're ever in Connecticut, check out the Cathedral of Sweat on the Yale, Yale University campus. Um, the John J John John Jay Lee Amphitheater, it's the Lee Amphitheater. Part of a bigger, part of the largest gymnasium in the United States, uh, Payne, Payne Whitney Gymnasium, which has a million different things in it. But one of the things there is this little basketball gym. You go in, there's a stuffed version of the dog, the bulldog right there. The original, uh, I think he's called, what's his name? Big Dan. 
the, whatever they name their bulldog there. Um, but he's there, and then you take a right, you go through these wrought iron gates. It's the Ivy League. You got to have wrought iron, I guess. And you go in. <laughs> you're here on the second level, on the second level, looking down on the court, and it's just got these old wooden seats. It's like you're sitting there and you're going to church. It's really uncomfortable for a game, but it's one of those places, like you said, Mark, it just oozes history. And it's just such a unique place to catch a game. I wanted to mention that sometime on the show. So bucket list, Dave. Yeah, I mean, for me, I I like, you know, I want to go to Fog Allen in Kansas like everybody else. And I want to go to Cameron. And, and, you know, to see the Dean Dome is – it would be it would be cool to do that triangle in it if you could do the triangle in a weekend, if you could do mm-hmm. you know NC State. Um, not that NC State would be a great venue. I mean, I've been there because uh, that's where the Hurricanes play, Carolina Hurricanes. Um, or or to to see, you know, any of them play each other. That would be that would be pretty fun. Um, maybe not. I don't think I'd want to see either of them at Cameron because. I, I can just imagine, uh, you know, how bad the ticket prices would be um, at Cameron. But, you know, a bigger venue like at, at North Carolina or North Carolina State, I think that would be cool. Um, I'd love to go to the pit at New Mexico. Cause I, I was going to bring it, that up. Places it's off just, the beaten path, yeah. It's just – it just sounds like, uh, like it's got a, a, one of the greatest followings. Um, I, I, I'd like to go and see a game at Wyoming just because it's like, what else are you going to do there? Like, that's it. You know, uh, I'd like to see a football game at Wyoming too. There's actually a, there's actually a few books out on, there's one, there's one on Wyoming basketball. Um, there's one on Wyoming football and there's one on Wyoming baseball, uh, all written by a guy who now writes for I think the Oregonian or whatever. I think he covers Oregonian, yeah. yeah. He, he I think he covers um Oregon. Actually that'd be a place I'd be interested in going. Oregon, the uh the uh University the of Nike money. of Nike. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what about you guys? Uh uh yeah definitely I mean I the funny thing is I've been to Fog Allen just to walk around. I've been to Cameron Indoor just to I, walk around. Yeah, I've like, walked around Cameron Indoor. Yeah. And, and you're like, wow. It's neat. This, yeah, and you're like, wow, they play basketball here. It's just, it's like these things are small. They look old. But they, that makes you want to see a game there a little more, a uh, uh, little, you know, makes you want to go out there and see a game. But, you know, I, I was thinking like Bud Walton Arena in Arkansas. People say that's a great experience. Uh, uh, they also say that uh, Villanova would love to see a game at the uh, Pavilion. Breslin Center in Michigan State. I, I don't know. I just I don't know if I have a bucket list of uh, college basketball. Those are the two that I think of. Uh, but you know, you just like to go someplace. Like I like the I like Iowa. I would love to go see a game in Iowa because I've seen a football game. I support Iowa in the Big Ten. Be kind of cool to see Iowa. I love Seton Hall, even though they play at the Prudential Center. Probably not a very exciting college basketball arena compared to some others, <laughs> but you're seeing Seton Hall play. It'd be awesome to see that. So, you know, I just like to get to, I just like to get to a few more college games. That's all. Have I, you uh, have you been to UD? Yes, I've been to UD. That's, that's I, a I, fun place. Yeah, I've I, sort of been, now I've probably been to a, a way better experience at UD than you have. Um, of no, course, 
of course, you know, Dayton being Dayton, they play the first four there. Yes. And the year that we went, wouldn't you know it, in the first four was the Dayton Flyers. Nice. That was awesome because it was a home playoff game. And how often do you get that no. in college basketball? No. no. Almost no. never. And, and I was there. Yeah, I was just there. For, I don't I forget who they're playing off the top of my head, but place was packed. They were crazy. It is as advertised. I was told years ago how dedicated that fan base is, and it's true. Mm-hmm. They are. No, he's not lying. He not I can lying. I can walk through my house and, and and just start going, whoa, Dayton Flyers. And then my kids, mm-hmm. whatever corner they're in, they'll just start singing it too. <laughs> whoa. Yeah, no, that was and I was there during uh, renovations. They were halfway done, so I'm sure it might be a little bit of a different experience if I go back. That's only a two-hour drive for me, so mm-hmm. uh, maybe that's on my list for next year. I can tell you this: I will go there, or before I will step foot in Millet Hall on the campus of Miami, Ohio. My God, that was a dud of an arena, but uh, I'll save that for another time. Huh. Um, geez, thinking of. My my bucket list isn't really formulated because I'm kind of I'm still a lot newer to the whole college basketball fandom thing. I think of a lot of the places you guys have named, um, maybe a place like uh, Pauley Pavilion. I would love to go see a game there. I, I don't think the arena's the greatest, I, but yeah, you know, again for where it is and what's been done there. And yeah, it's I, I we saw a game at, at Pauley Pavilion. It was we actually had to make a decision uh, whether we were going to go to UCLA or USC. Um, on that trip. And of course we picked UCLA because Pauley Pavilion and uh, it's, it's sure cool. It's, it's like going anywhere that has a ton of banners, right? You just look up and you're like, Whoa, that's, <laughs> that's a lot of banners. <laughs> uh, but I, I don't know. The arena didn't really didn't jump out at me as, as spectacular. Um, you know, it's a pack 12 too, I guess. So that. It's uh, it's not in my wheelhouse, yeah. right? Um, but but it's it's. I, I would say this kind of overall, in in the NCAA, you have far more basketball arenas than you do in the pros, where they are built like Poly Pavilion, built for basketball, right? Uh, having. Uh, Having students up front instead of like Drake and Jack Nicholson or Spike Lee, right? Mm. Let's be honest. Students are way cooler to have up front than than those guys. And to have the band playing instead of playing music, all the cheerleaders, the dance squad, whatever you got there. Yeah. Uh, Um, Pitt Pitt was an amazing experience. And they had their, their, um, have we covered like? Uh, have we been to all the same ones, Mark? <laughs> <laughs> I have not been to Pitt, but I've heard it's good. No, I have not. Oh been to yeah, Pitt. Pitt was great, and I went over Christmas. It was great. Yeah, no, I haven't <laughs> been to Pitt. Yeah, and, we they, and you know, one of these places where the first three or four rows, student section, it's an amazing aesthetic for television because they're right there instead of like you know rich people row where they're off you know buying sushi in the or whatever like in the in the pros where 
I, Air Canada Center used to be really bad for this, where Hockey Night in Canada would start second period and it was looked like nobody was there. Yeah. Because the first four rows, the rich people were all still in the, uh, you know, still in the concourse getting whatever wine spritzers. Or getting my whatever. wine spritzer and poutine, eh? <laughs> okay, so. <clears throat> oh, you asked you. I want to finish up my bucket list stuff. I've been putting together the stadium journey rankings of the all. Well, we haven't been to all 358 venues. We've been to 335, and we're putting a list together, one through 335. And I've been, uh, the last few, I've still got about 30 to put in, so the list isn't complete. It will be going live on Saturday for the final four. Um, I've been going through some of the smaller conferences, like the Southern Conference, and our reviews give them no love. And, uh, you know, some of those, like the <laughs> swag and stuff. It makes me want to go to these places and see, are they as bad as we're making them out to be? <laughs> I don't think they can be. <laughs> Chicago State. If you ever go out there, it's it's true. Oh, sorry, Dave. Go ahead. <laughs> um, yeah, I was going to go totally off topic, and then I heard you know Jiminy Cricket saying, "Get back on topic." <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, one last thing before we close up, I got one last subject we can we can touch on. If you guys, um, we just talked about bucket list. Places. How about bucket list games? Like, I'll, I'll give you an example of where I'm, where I'm coming from. I've been to a lot of Providence College games at the dunk. It's a good place to catch a game. You're always going to have a good time. It's going to be a solid atmosphere. But if you catch it for Providence College versus URI, it jumps up a couple notches. You know, it's like going to Harvard-Yale football. It, if you go see either of those stadiums on a regular game, bleh. but if you go for <laughs> Harvard-Yale, it's going to be an incredible experience. So are there any matchups that you would like to see in a certain place? Like, I don't know. Like, I think you mentioned before, Mark, Duke, North Carolina at Cameron or something. Oh, or? Yeah, no, I think, uh, Dave. But, yeah, those tickets would be expensive. But you'll have one hell of an experience. <laughs> yeah, that would be something. I can't think. I would love to see Seton Hall destroy Rutgers. That'd be fun. Or maybe Seton Hall play at the Run Baby Run Arena in St. Peter's. <laughs> that would be packed. Uh, um, IU versus Purdue is fun. That's always a good game to watch. Um, I don't know if I have a bucket list, but yeah, rivalries. It's always yeah. good to see rivalries. Yeah, I, I don't know if I have one. I uh, trying to think. I would, you know, I'm just trying to, you know, I I don't know. I I remember when I was in college, I saw Indiana State beat IU, and that place was packed. That place never got sold out. The Holman Center, uh, not a very exciting arena. I they they just renovated it a couple about a year ago. But that place was packed, and it was one of the one of two times that place was alive to see basketball. And we beat those Hoosiers. Michael Messner hits that three-pointer with seconds to go. Place was all those IU fans were just, what, what the heck happened here? So yeah, it's always nice when um when you see uh, a team you hate beat. So I would love to see uh love to see Scene Hall versus Rucker somewhere, whether it's at the rack or Prudential Center. And just seeing Hall whoop them, that would be fun for me. Big East, uh, well, it used to be Big East for one of them. I, I, yeah, I'd like to, I'd like to see Indiana Purdue. I'd like yeah. to see it at Mackey. Oh, that'd because, be fun. You know, it's one of those places where um, they probably have a fight song, um, but really, their fight song is "IU sucks." And I forget who who did we see play Purdue. We saw them play Penn State, and they interviewed somebody. I forget who it was. It could have been Drew Brees or whatever, uh, but some former, you know, Boilermaker or whatever. And 
and you know he ended it off with "Are you sucks," and everybody went bananas, <laughs> right? So yeah, Penn State's here, but you know IU sucks. Um, one that I I could actually see myself doing that I would really love to do. I'd like to see uh, I'd love to see uh, Michigan State play at Michigan, um, at, at Michigan because I like Michigan better. Um, especially now, it, it there's a bit of a different feel to the Michigan program with with uh, Juwan Howard as the coach and 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 the the Fab Five are are around. Um, so it that's got a different feel to it. Uh, I, I I think I'd like to see the Holy War. I'm not sure uh, Utah and, and BYU. I know it's more of a football thing, but um, I think that'd be interesting. Uh, but those are the ones that jump out. Do you know what? You know what uh, is, is on my reverse bucket list Mix, for reverse. games. Reverse bucket it, list. Yeah. Ones as you couldn't pay I, enough I, to go to? I, I, I don't really want to go to. Um, it's the Final Four. It's Oh, yeah. Really, Too big. Yeah. It, yeah. The, the chances <sighs> of getting bad sight lines. And I, and I haven't done the Final Four. I was at the – I did the Sweet 16 Elite Eight. Um, the year that Davidson uh, kind of went on the run. And this young kid named Steph Curry just sort of blew the roof off of everybody. Uh and it was at it was at Ford Field in Detroit uh, the year before they got the Final Four, so they were really kind of testing it out. Could, can we make this work? And I had amazing football seats. They were like three rows up in the end zone, and they're horrible basketball seats. So, you know, the opportunity for some really terrible sight lines at the Final Four is there, uh, and, and you know. Contrast that with, like I said, I love going to Syracuse. In Syracuse, like they push the court up in, a, in in one of the corners, right, and and they have temporary seating behind. Whereas the Final Four, they just put the basketball court right in the middle, um, and they just they, they literally try and fit as many people as humanly possible into. It's like going to a winter winter classic when when the rink is way far away from the uh, the seats. I yeah. can take I can take the far. It's it's the angle. If the if you're on a low angle, it's yeah. I yeah I, I couldn't do it. It it wasn't good. Didn't yeah, la- yeah. Last year I watched the opening round of the tournament at Lucas Oil, and there were spots where you can look at both courts because you had that giant. They were separated. Oh, right. right. They had yeah. two courts in there. Yeah, yeah it, it was it was an odd experience, and they. They were limiting the amount of people that could get in there, so that made it even, even little more uh, surreal. But I'm sure if that place was packed. You might have a different, different atmosphere. But still, even with that, you you were miles away from the court. So yeah, I don't know if I would would want to go see a game in a dome stadium. I'd like to see it at a little smaller venue, like fifteen yeah. twenty thousand. Like I'm not asking for like a eight thousand Cameron indoor, but. Yeah, those dome stadiums, I understand why the Final Fours are played there. But, you know, I'm looking at, like, even Louisville. You could fit 22,000 people in there. That place would be rocking. And I think everybody would say, wow, this is a nice experience. We should do more of these. But I guess there's there's too much money to to and leave uh, leaving your pockets to do that. So. Yeah. And players always say that the, the shooting is just off in those big places because you don't have the uh, – 
the backdrop that yeah, you have in, no. in a regular size arena. The, the that makes a difference. Off. Yeah, that probably makes a yeah. big difference. All right, yeah. so I think the that's regional gonna... games are different, though. Yeah, I've I've seen regional games like uh, we we went in Buffalo and and had a blast, and you got your upsets too. I mean, you get you're you're gonna have clunkers, but the chance for upsets is is gonna be right. Top notch. I mean, this year I'm like this year's final four. I'm not overly interested in because it's it's just end up being the same old, same old. Yeah, it's funny that the March Madness we always you know we focus on the Cinderellas and the upsets, but in the end, it's always the same same team that seems or well. Last year was a little different. They Baylor and Baylor won, and uh, Gonzaga still hasn't had their shot. Texas Tech was in the finals one year. That's right. That was kind of fun. But, yeah, it always seems like two or three of the teams are just from the same pool. Mm -hmm. And this year we got all four from the same pool. Mm -hmm. All right. So I guess that's where we'll end it off tonight. I want to thank everybody. This was a a fun one. And uh, I'm sorry we didn't have 100 places to talk about. You know, but we we would still be talking. We talked a whole lot of damn places tonight. (laughs) We probably talked about so many. I yeah, didn't even right. talk about Cincinnati or Florida or Xavier, Miami or Finn's... Florida State. What was your off-topic thing going to be? Ball State. There's an exciting place. Dave. Sorry? What was your uh, off-topic thing going to be? Why? Well, I'm shocked at how many uh, French people Beehive. in Montreal don't drink beer. They Maybe drink they like those, those cooler I things. Th- like, I thought it was illegal to not drink beer. Uh, no. Yeah. Oh. Oh, that's sure. Nudie Francais. Huh. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm gonna go watch. I'm gonna go watch Strange Brew. Beer, beer is for the bourgeoisie. <laughs> <laughs> Man, where can our listeners follow you? Uh, you can follow me rooting for uh, Villanova and Duke. Yeah, I said it at Dan Law eighty three. Why Villanova? Oh, I know you like Duke. Villanova. All right, that makes sense. Never mind. Well, you, you know, they both make sense if you knew me, but. Yeah. Well, you know why. You know why. I'm saying those who don't know me, it would make sense after I explained it to you. But go Uh, Duke Nova. (laughs) Who would you pick out of those two? Man, it's oh man, that's hard. I kind of want to see Coach K go out with a with a with a trophy, but I could, I, I'd get jumped in the street by a lot of people if I didn't say Villanova, so uh, toss a coin. All right. <laughs> hey, Mark, any stadium journeys planned for the next couple of weeks before we get together again? And where can our listeners follow your adventures? Uh, you can follow me at Ballpark Hunter on YouTube or uh, I forgot what I was going to say. Twitter, YouTube, follow me on there. I don't know where I'm going to be in the next few weeks because the weather has sucked out here. I don't want to go to any college baseball games like Purdue or uh, Illinois or Ohio State or even uh, what's the other one? I uh, Indiana University because I don't want to be out there in 40 degree weather. So, hmm, got the week coming off. So, you know, maybe look at a hockey game somewhere. I don't know. Maybe look at something indoors. Maybe look at some game but it just depends on mother nature so uh we're just crossing our fingers hopefully spring shows up because it did show up a few weeks ago it's gone now so yeah check me out ballpark hunter youtube uh videos up there hopefully i can do something soon to entertain you guys 
What you got, Dan? Greg came into the room and said, if tournaments were won by coach, which coach looks like the mascot, the unspellable one looks like a devil and would win. I think he's referring to Duke. <laughs> coach. Duke is Duke. Duke is devil. Anyway, Duke, thank you. Greg. That's what made me laugh. I wasn't laughing at Mark this time. I was laughing at what uh, Greg wrote. Dave, how about you? Where can I just follow you? And what are you Duke up to Duke. the next couple of weeks? Uh, it is, well, we've got an extended OHL season, uh, nice. due to catching up on COVID. So, um, I'm heading, I'm heading Wasaga ish, uh, and, uh, and catching some OHL hockey near Wasaga. So Barry Colts on Saturday and, uh, doubling back because I, ha- I was supposed to do this review at Christmas, but you know, COVID cancellation, whatever. Uh, so North Bay Battalion on uh, on Sunday, so you can follow those at Profan Nine. All right, and you can follow my stadium journeys on Twitter or Instagram at PuckmanRI. Um, I'm like you, Dave. Uh, AHL has extended their season to the end of April, so I got a whole bunch of Providence Bruins games mm. coming up over the next couple Wait, of weeks. What did I miss? Yeah, because they uh, paused the season for a little bit. Because Duke to the end of April. Oh, so gotcha. Yeah, yeah. yeah, So Providence has ten home games over the last month. So we'll be up up at the dunk a lot. Uh, This weekend it's supposed to be nice on Saturday. So Mark, I'm like you in this, (laughs) you know, college baseball season in this part of the country. uh, If you get a nice day, you try to grab something. So you definitely do. I actually found a doubleheader at Quinnipiac. So it looks like I'm going to head down to New Haven area. Probably grab a you know a clam pizza while I'm down there. Um, Pizza. But we'll catch uh, Quinnipiac lacrosse. And baseball game on Saturday. Nice. Any luck. Nice. So. Hey, thanks, Tim Capper. Uh, Alouette's flight deck. You should listen if you're a Alouette's person. Um, thanks for the hat. Shameless plug. And remember, no you can find you. you can find all of our fabulous content, our stadium reviews, our news items, and our other future stories on the mothership. The website stadiumjourney.com. Connect with us on our social media channels at Stadium Journey. You can find audio versions of the Stadium Journey podcast simply by picking up your phone, type in HIAC Talk Radio Network, wherever you look for your favorite podcast, and we'll be there. Actually, you see this? This is what I use now. So if anybody's wondering, why are you taking pictures of the concession stand? It's like, because I'm working for Stadium Journey. Let's yeah, see. Good idea. That I'm happens. a Ghostbuster. All right. <laughs> Awesome. Play. Uh, where was I? Uh, video simulcast. If you want to watch uh, any of our old episodes, any of our new episodes, any of our other great content, go to Stadium Journey's YouTube page and our classic back catalog. It can still be found at VOCNation.com. And join us. Be part of our live studio audience uh, every other Tuesday night, 7 Eastern, DanLaw.tv. We're going to be back in two weeks. That puts us into April. I think two weeks from now is the 12th, if I'm not mistaken. Sure. We will be chatting. We usually like to keep it positive, but you know what? We're going to switch it up. We're going to talk about our worst stadium food experiences. You don't want to miss that yes. one. Yes. Oh, worst, man. Hey, and uh, you know what? I might give up some secrets. I worked at Stadium Concessions 19 seasons. <laughs> so, you Nobody's know what? Eating. And Nobody's you know what? eating for any of Patriots anymore. concessions anymore. No, I don't have anything bad to see with the Patriots. Paw socks, though. Mm. <laughs> so you, Greg <laughs> says... RFK Stadium and the Raw Chicken Tenders. Yep, that sounds about right. right. So uh, you won't want to miss that one. So thanks, everyone, for joining us and for all your support. For Dan, Mark, and Dave, this is 
Paul wishing you all safe stadium journeys and close games on the road. Hope to see you there real soon. Be safe, everybody. Thank you.